welcome to you all. How many beings are in this room right now? All the great spiritual traditions say only one. That each of us with separate bodies create a mind that is a subset of a single infinite intelligence. It's actually a subset of a subset of a subset of a subset. Beginning with what we could now call the unified field that quantum physics has shown to be the underlying reality of the physical plane. Although the true self even subtends that because it's completely, we are completely unmanifest. But it's out of that unified field that comes then the most fundamental forms. String theory would say they're tiny little strings of vibration. And then these vibrations of pure consciousness gradually take different inflections and become perceived at higher and higher subsets as atoms, molecules, organisms. And this entire phenomenal plane that is ultimately a dream in the mind of the creative intelligence which has brought it into manifestation. And at the level of the subset called the ego, which is the very tip of this incredible mathematical structure that has led to the illusion of the universe, the individual being feels like it is a creature within a world that it has been born into and that it has very little power to influence. And thus, the structure of the ego is based on this illusion of lack, lack of power, lack of being, lack of connection to the source because it's so many levels away from its own origin that it does not sense its own true nature or its own true power. And so the spiritual traditions, both East and West, at least at the esoteric level, not the Sunday school level, but the real deep level, the mystical level of every tradition, including the Christian, teaches non-duality. That is to say that this illusion of multiplicity can be overcome perceptibly, really, actually, fully, through the letting go of all the illusory beliefs and patterns of behavior and patterns of identification that have held your consciousness trapped in this subset of your true infinite nature and you can go in a dive deep into the very depths of your consciousness and discover that you are in fact 
that creative intelligence that is at the source of all that is. At the level of the ego, there is only suffering, confusion, chaos, fear, anxiety, depression, and the defenses against that, and the addictions that we take to try to overcome that, and the ways that we attempt to deny all of that. But our lives are ruled by this sense of lostness and disconnect from our true being. So to reconnect, that's what the word yoga means. Connect with the source of our being. The word sat simply means source or the truth of our being, of our ultimate supreme beingness. It's not difficult to do. You just have to want to do it. Now, there are three questions that you have to answer for yourself at the threshold of a decision to join a school like the Sat Yoga Institute or any other similar kind of school of transformation and transcendence. First question is the easiest one. Do you want to be happy? Anyone who doesn't want to be happy? Okay, see? You're all past the first. (laughs) Second one, also relatively easy, but there's some resistance. Do you want to be healed? Do you really want to be healed? Or are there reasons why you're holding on to your sense of whether it's illness or neurosis or some other kind of suffering because you use it? People use their victimhood, don't they? They use their pain to gain a kind of illusion of control over others, right? So do you really want to be healed and give up the secondary gain that comes from having a problem that becomes a problem for other people? If you really want to be healed, then healing comes, the word healing itself means whole, comes from the same word as wholeness. It comes from letting go of the partial consciousness of your false self and reaching the level of your whole true being. Which is very simple. There are no obstacles except your own resistance to it. This brings us to the third question. This is the hard one. Do you want to live in truth? Real truth. Do you want to live in truth? The reason it's hard is that we live in a society that hates truth. It denies truth. It teaches you not to be interested in the truth. That's called dumbing down the culture. The whole school system is to make you lose your interest in truth, have no curiosity about it, and to not even want to know who you really are or even know that you don't know. It wants to make you want to kick back, watch a football game and drink a beer. Or some version thereof that's equally a distraction from discovering who you are. To live in truth. It's majestic. The truth ultimately is blissful. 
It's infinite. It's, you would say, how would anybody not want it? But there is a first phase of discovering the truth, which is very humbling. Because it requires a recognition that you have been living a lie. And this is why there are very few people on an authentic spiritual path. They don't want to know that they don't want to know. And to come out of this uh, unwillingness to leave your ignorance behind and live in truth is doubly difficult because not only is there your own resistance because of what you'll have to face, the skeletons in the closet that will pop out and scream at you, but the other people in your life who will be totally threatened if you start living in truth. Okay. And they'll want to put you in the closet and not listen to what you might have to say when you are living in truth and not afraid to speak the truth. And so, the resistance from the collective consciousness, the resistance from the ego's own fear of its own dissolution, its own death, because the ego becomes unemployed, it's obsolete, creates a fear, both of losing your friends out there who will think you're crazy, and a fear that you are crazy. <laughs> and of course you are, but so what? That term itself is just used to control people, isn't it? But the fear that you won't know who you are, and you won't find the majestic fullness of God consciousness, but you'll just be in some nihilistic lostness. Because it's unknown to you. You've been trapped in the false consciousness so long, you don't know. If you let go of this, who will I be? What will I find? Can I trust? And why would you trust me? People have learned not to trust words anymore. They don't trust what anyone says. They certainly wouldn't trust a guru. That's the last person to trust. Worse than a lawyer. Worse than a politician. So, don't trust me. I, this school is not about trusting anyone's words. It's about taking the risk to make the experiment yourself of letting go of the ego. That's what it's about. The words are only there to keep you honest so that when you start lying to yourself about it or get stuck in a certain place because you have a blind spot that you can't see, it's called what Freud called the unconscious mind. It's very conscious, but you don't want to know. So it acts as an obstacle and you say, I'm stuck, why is it so hard? You know, It's not hard, but there's a place that you don't want to have to look at yet. So if you have somebody who's willing to look at it, and show it to you and say, you know what, it's not so bad, you can look. Okay, it stinks a little bit, but so what? We throw it out. You know, you're not stuck with it. And, it. and it's much easier than you think it is. But there's shame and there's guilt and there's all of this negative feeling that, oh, I can't go there. Can't go beyond a certain electric fence in your consciousness that you get total anxiety if you start to get free. The terror of freedom is extraordinary. We extol freedom as an ideal in, in the West. And yet this is the most unfree society that's ever been. 
And so real freedom, inner freedom from your own handcuffs, which may be your esposa, or your own unwillingness to have the courage to face your unknown self. Because there are no role models in this culture of people who do that. The people who do that are not the stars in Hollywood. They're not the people in the Congress and the White House and the Kremlin and all of that. They're not the people who are making the big bucks on Wall Street or wherever. You don't get anything out of this except peace and freedom and joy and love and wisdom and empowerment and immortality in a true sense. That may be enough for you. If it is, then this is a path to the truth that is yours. You have a right to this. That's why we don't charge for the school. Who are we to give you the truth of your own being? It's yours. You have a right to it. If you want it, here it is. But you'll have to pay the price of letting go of your own illusion of weakness that you may have made into your treasure. You'll have to let go of whatever, or at least face the fact that you may be living in a pathological family system and and then have to do something about it or have a bad conscience. That's up to you. Nobody's going to tell you what to do. The ethical dimension is real. And if you're not living a life in which you are ethically proud of yourself, capable of, of looking at yourself in the mirror and knowing that you're leading a truthful life with integrity, you will suffer for that. I don't care about it. But it may hold back your own healing. So you'll have to deal with that. That's, that's a decision everyone makes. How will, it, how will this knowledge change your life? It may not make any practical change in your life. It may be that you, your same exact life will be lived, but now as a, an instrument of service, an instrument of, of joy in which you're sharing the luminosity of your being, but in the same place. The, the Zen monks who achieve enlightenment and are asked, what do you do after you're enlightened? Well, you chop wood, you carry water, you do the same things you did before you were enlightened. But now you do it in peace and love and joy and freedom and empowerment, etc., etc. So nothing may change. Or everything may change. And you don't know what it'll be. And you won't be able to know in advance because part of what enlightenment is, is living spontaneously. Because the truth is only in the moment. You can't plan it. Everybody wants to plan their life. There are people who won't come here because they can't miss a a moment in their job because then they won't get their pension 40 years later, which won't even exist because the governments will collapse long before that. There's already no pensions, right, in most of the Western world, and they're taking away all of the things you thought you had earned. But that's what, that fear of losing your financial security, God forbid and not recognizing that there is no financial security anyway. That's another truth you don't want to face. But that the real security is your God consciousness. 
that transcends the duality of life and death. If you have that security, the, the other things won't be able to control you. You won't be manipulated by somebody telling you you need more life insurance, you know, or, or something else that you're going to then work for 40 years to pay. Our lives are mortgaged to some big other out of fear. And then we die and realize we never lived. We never took the chance to explore the meaning of life. We're like people who own a mansion with a hundred floors and a thousand rooms, and we're living in the entrance hall. <laughs> and we feel like we're, we're impoverished and we're stuck in this tiny little space. And we don't dare to leave the whole, and look at the whole place we have. Our consciousness is infinite. We have so many latent powers that if we knew about them, we would be in an astonishment right now, in bliss, just exploring the treasures that are there waiting for us to start using. We're like people who've bought this million-dollar computer with software that can do everything, but you don't even know how to type, you don't know how to use it, you know, and the best you could do is send an email, whereas you could create a new theory of relativity if you knew how to press the buttons properly and use it. You could do anything, but you don't know how to do it. So we have this incredible instrument, but nobody has taught us how to use it. And the brain's the tip of the iceberg because the mind and the brain are not the same thing. They want to tell you that because they want you to believe in materialism. But the, the, the quantum physicists now have, have admitted that matter is 7% of the universe at best. They say 4 to 7. What's the rest? They don't know. They'll call it dark matter, dark energy, antimatter, whatever, different things. But they don't know what it is. But it ain't matter. And even matter ain't matter. It's probability waves. What are those? And they, will, they admit now that consciousness is part of the fundamental nature of reality. And that all of our minds are interconnected. Well, if our minds are interconnected, then ultimately there is one mind, one consciousness that's infinite in intelligence. And all of the knowledge of the universe is available to you if you know how to press the right key and download the information. But to do that, even to open your intelligence to the level where you could receive it and get it, requires the dissolution of the ego mind. Because all the ego mind is, is a device for prohibiting your intelligence from being activated. That's what it does. It limits your capacity to think, to feel, to know, to experience reality in the most intense way. It's a, it's a governor a muffler, a, a downer that, that keeps you in a state of semi-depression in order to control you because your mind has been occupied by a foreign power that's called the superego in Freudian terms. That is it, the internalization of the social other that started with the parents but is the big other that tells you, no, 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 you don't want to do that. You don't want to threaten. You don't want to make waves. You want to follow the system and, and play the game. and 
you know, run a cash register somewhere for the rest of your life or do whatever, but you play by the rules. So the whole system is there to control you, including religion, and that's why people hate religion now. Religion gave up its, its function as being a portal to the truth in order to serve the empire, originally the Roman Empire, but now the other current empires, in order to keep you as a loyal slave. Well, if you want to live in freedom, then you have to break through the loyalty, the blind loyalty to that big other, whether it's represented by the family system or the social system or the international system or the religious system or any of the systems, and discover who you are, what is your truth, your heart's desire, and your most unlimited beingness when you take out all of the impediments based on false beliefs that you can't go beyond a certain level. And then you'll realize there are no limits in what you can achieve. There are no limits on how much you can be healed and how much power you have as a healer. But if you think you can only heal as a conventional doctor, for example, and not be a witch doctor, and not heal through the application of divine love and wisdom and truth, which is the real power of healing that Jesus taught and Buddha taught and Lao Tzu taught and Krishna taught, etc. If you have access to all of those tools as well as the tools of medicine, there's no reason to throw out what we have, but it's just one small subset of what we could have if we were willing to live in the truth of our being. Because all of the illnesses we have come from our refusal to live in truth. You can trace it all back to that. And that means to live in love. That's why people have heart attacks. That's why people have other illnesses that are related to their closedness, their defensiveness, their fear of giving, their fear even of receiving. All illnesses are spiritual. Because the physical itself is spiritual. So how could it be otherwise? So if we're living, willing to live in truth and to face all of those demons in the unconscious as well as in the conscious mind that have stopped us from liberating ourselves, freedom is instantaneous. It's not a long process. It doesn't have to be. If it is, it's because of the resistance, how strong the resistance is and your unwillingness to realize that you have the power to stop that resistance. It's not some autonomous other that's resisting you, it's your own puppet that's resisting you. So if you create a voice that stops you, it's because you want a voice to stop you. And once you take responsibility for all the voices in your head and not think that there are some powers that are putting you down, making you feel good, or projecting them out on other people. That's what's called paranoia. You project your inner voice out and say, oh, that person doesn't like me. I better stop talking, or you know, I better run away. Or you get into some kind of a neurotic reaction to your own projections. And most relationships are that. So we never get to know anyone else, who they really are, because we're seeing their, our fantasy of them projected and superimposed on them. 
So again, to live in truth would be to recognize everyone else as yourself. Because this is all a dream. You know that. This is all a dream. And in a dream, every character is yourself. It's an aspect of yourself. And so we are all the infinite permutations of God consciousness and how that can appear in the world as the illusion of separate beings. And that includes all life forms, all of nature, including life forms that come from other planets, other galaxies. They are real as well. We have to stop being so provincial that we think this is the only planet we're soon going to be freed from that illusion. And there are other dimensions. Don't think angels aren't real. Don't think that there aren't incorporeal beings of light who are here, even now. If you're attuned, and not just seeing through these two eyes, but seeing through the third eye of consciousness, you'll be aware of many things and beings and energies in this room that are not physical and gross, that are very subtle. And the deeper you go within, the more you become aware of these subtle powers. But they're all part of yourself as well. They're not alien. Nothing is alien to you when you have realized who you are. And therefore there is no fear. And therefore there is love and there is joy. And there is always a welcoming of everyone because you're always seeing yourself. And that self that you're seeing is the divine self, God self. And although we use the term God, we certainly don't mean that in any gender-based form of male or female. <coughs> God is beyond that. We could easily say goddess, but even that, there's no right way to do it in this world of duality. So we talk about the absolute or the self. But the illusions of the differences in genders also falls away very quickly once we rise in consciousness and realize we're not the body. And if you're bodiless, how can you have some gender identity? or any desire, or any fear, because you are all that is. Desire itself becomes an obsolete idea that had been controlling your consciousness based on an illusion of lack. So this freedom that is your real self is here now. It's not like you have to call it and you know, arrange for a meeting at some future time and it's really busy and you have to get an appointment. No, it's here now. It's what you are. What is the way to it? How can you go to it? There's no path. There can't be a path to yourself. You understand? The whole idea of spiritual path is a delusion because that would imply that there's some distance between you and that which is you. That wouldn't make sense, would it? So if there's no path, then what are we doing here? Well, we're letting go of our ignorance that we are already that. We have forgotten that we are what we're looking for. And now all you need to do is remember it. But here's the catch. To remember who you are requires forgetting who you're not. And forgetting who you're not requires not creating, secreting is a better word, thoughts 
based on the idea of who and what you're not. Whenever a thought comes in based on this ego illusion, I want this, I want that, I hate this, I need that, right? all of these thoughts, based on the illusion of an I thought that's identified with the bodily organism, whenever you have a thought like that, you fall into ignorance. That is the forgetting of who you are. That is the loss of your power, of your joy, of your fullness, of your love, of everything valuable and real in the world, if you fall through the crack of that I thought. And so you must be willing to let go of the illusion that you are an I separate from the all. But you don't do that. You just stop doing the opposite. You stop the forgetting. You stop the making of thoughts based on the ego. And you just be. What could be easier than that? Just be who you are now, eternally. Not just now. Not just in this lifetime. Timelessly. Without beginning, without end. And it only seems to end or be lost because you believe in a false self created by the I thought. I am this, I am that, I want this. I am this body, I'm afraid of death. These thoughts are latent, they're subconscious, and they're made conscious. And it's these thoughts that have to be cleared out of your mind so that there will be a space of silence and peace in which you can reestablish yourself in your true nature. And if you'll just sit in silence and turn your mind inward instead of trying to go outward, go back through the implicit question, who am I? Not the actual question, because then you're in words and language and I thoughts again. But that implicit question of a wondering, of what is this, consciousness? It's even a what, it's not even a who. But as soon as there's an intense curiosity to know what it is that knows, what it is that is aware, what it is that is, the mind stops. That's all there is to this. If there's an intense desire to know, and not a desire to distract yourself from knowing, you will know. And that knowledge is liberation. Once you know and you sit in the knowing that is being for long enough to eliminate the fear, the terror of freedom and of bliss, you'll never go back into the false self. Guarantee, I've never met anyone who decided to go back. <laughs> but you have to dive in all the way. The problem with the people who do this through some kind of a drug or, or some other experience with a substance is that it's temporary, you get a glimmer, but the drug wears off and you didn't do it yourself. You didn't use your willpower to do this. It happened to you and so it's then taken away from you until you do it. And you do it by having the courage to be 
truly who you are, not who others want you to be, not who others will reject you if you don't pretend you are. That's all there is. That, that courage to be true to yourself will liberate you. You don't need anything else. And it has to be consistent. It has to be unbroken for long enough to break through all the chains, all the distractions, all the defense mechanisms that you yourself created over time. And for old souls, there are many layers you have to go through. And this is why it may not be instantaneous, because you'll hit one layer that you won't be able to say, I'm going past it. It'll capture you. It'll say, oh, no, I can't go past this one, this one. I have too much shame about this or too much anxiety or whatever. But if you see all of those negative emotions as illusions, none of them will stop you and you'll go through it all like a knife going through butter. And you'll get to the end of all of the illusory stuff of the ego mind and you'll be free. But you need a sharp knife that's hot. And it's hot, it's heated up with the intense desire for liberation. And it's sharpened up by your knowledge, your capacity to think critically and not be fooled by the illusions of your own mind. So if your mind is as sharp and as hot as that knife, it will go through the butter of maya in two seconds flat. So if you can answer all these three questions, truthfully, that you want truth, because you can ask, answer it untruthfully. You can deceive yourself into thinking you want a truthful life and not really. That's the wonderful thing about the ego. It can lie to itself. It's really a beautiful mechanism that was created in order to survive adverse situations where you had to have plausible deniability. So you yourself couldn't even know that you weren't telling the truth. That's how you pass a lie detector test. So that structure of the ego that lies to itself has to be taken apart. And a lot of people don't want to lose the ability to lie. Because you will lose that. <laughs> and people are terrified that you know, I won't be able to lie to people again. Whoa, hold on. Now maybe I don't really want this. Okay. If that's worth more to you than the truth that sets you free, so be it. It's your choice. But nobody else can take this away from you except your own choice not to live in the truth. This doesn't interest very many people. And yet, this has been the guiding light of human culture since the dawn of history. Cultures have formed around the people who have gone to the light and transmitted that light of truth. That's why you have Buddhist cultures and Hindu cultures and Christian cultures and other cultures, all based on religion. And then what happens is the religion gets appropriated by the ego, it gets more and more corrupt, the priests get less holy and uh, more into unholy activities until the whole thing collapses 
and then there's a renaissance and a new society is formed but it's not quite as high now it's based on some of this entropy and fear and society has come down and down and down until now we're total cynics and there's no more religious core there's no more spiritual vision in our world and that's why our world is dying and if this planet is going to survive if we are not going to become extinct as a species and make the whole of nature extinct through our lies and our pollution of the natural world and our lack of sacredness well that's our karma but it's not too late to change the trajectory of history by becoming truthful and creating an energy of field of truth that is so powerful that it overcomes all of the incoherent lies and it spreads and Costa Rica is a beautiful place to start with this is a very sacred land that's one of the few non-militarized lands in the world and there is a power here that has not yet fully activated its, itself but it can and this can really be the new center of spiritual renaissance for our whole planet but we who are here must take the lead and take the leap and be the lights to the world and not wait for somebody else to do it somewhere else claim the power be the lighthouse to the world you can do it it's your destiny it's your ability why would you do anything less but this is where the courage comes in because if you are the light, the darkness is going to try to snuff you out. But if you are the light, truly, fearlessly, and you link with all of the power of the light, the power of God that is absolutely almighty, omnipresent, omnipotent, then victory is assured. And that is the promise of every religion as well. Victory is assured, but you must live in the truth. Holy and holy. The actual manifestation of the living truth. That's called being an avatar in Indian philosophy. Or being Christed. It's not for somebody special. This is our true nature and it's available for all of us. You may not get any applause or recognition for it and that shouldn't make any difference to you and it won't. If you're really that, you'll be in bliss and that's all you need. But this is what the world needs. This is the medicine. If you want to be of service to the world, this is the way you do it. Not through protesting on the street, not through some other means of fighting the system, that's all hopeless. But being the truth that transcends, that comes from the intelligence that underlies the universe, that lives in the realm of the miraculous, that and that alone can make the difference. And you can choose to be that. My job is only to encourage you to discover and make real this truth of your being and support you in letting go of whatever illusion of weakness or incapacity of any kind that you think you have that you don't really have. 
and to choose the liberation of God consciousness. And I wish you all blessings on achieving that because I know it is your deepest yearning because it's everyone's deepest yearning. It can't be anything else. You have to want to know yourself, be yourself, and transmit the power of the infinite self that you are and bring joy to the world. You can't want anything else, really. If there's some cynical shell on top of that, it's simply out of fear. So this community is here to support you in letting go of your fear and your defenses and being free. That's all we have as our agenda. Nothing else. And everything we, we do is oriented toward that. We have retreats, we have an ashram now, we have land in which we're creating a residential community for people who want to live in a community like that, not as hermits, but we invite people to then come, have retreats, free themselves from their burnout and their, their illnesses or pathologies, and then go back into the world as a lighthouse. So available to you to have any role or any level of participation you want. But the most important thing is that you internally make the journey into your own depths and find freedom and then you will know what you want to do.